So four days left in Murray, huh? Yeah. 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 The drive's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, did you get, how much snow did you guys get last night, by the way? Because we got uh, like maybe a quarter of an inch at best, and it was all melted by the time noon hit. Virtually zero when I left this morning at mm-hmm. like six. Yeah. Didn't even tell. I mean, as I was driving, when it got lighter, I can tell the mountains got dusted. Yeah. But our our roads were like, it was zero. I don't even think, even when I was in Murray, mm-hmm. it was like, looks like it was starting to snow here and there a bit, but yeah. nothing ever stuck. So you wouldn't have been able to, to tell it snowed at all today. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because I noticed down south, like Provo and even farther south, they got a little bit of snow down there but i'm surprised we didn't barely get any up here i mean as long as the mountains got snow i don't really care right that's all i care about as long as the dumps in the mountains and as long as it keeps our levels in the mountains as where it needs to be for this time of year that's all i care about because i really do not want to go through another dry summer again but we probably will anyway yeah i think this year will depends on how much water they decide to use this year but i think this year will be better than yeah. last year, but definitely not enough to get us going back into the positive. Yeah, especially for how low uh, the Great Salt Lake got. Uh, even Bear Lake got a little bit low. I think Porcupine is was maybe. Can't remember. I think Porcupine was completely empty. Well, uh, in the Ogden Canyon. Pine View. Pine View was the lowest it's ever been last yeah. year. Yeah. So if we don't get a bunch of rain this coming spring, we might be in a doozy summer again, but Yeah. Hopefully I mean I can handle rain a little bit better, but Yeah. Rain just sucks on job sites when it gets really, really muddy. Yeah. Yeah, especially where you guys are dealing with the new construction and everything. There's no grass down, it's just all a bunch of dirt and mud. Yeah, it gets it that gets the worst. Yeah. But other than that, rain's not really an issue for me. Yeah. All right, you ready to do this? Sure. What's marking on the shadows? Your bed. This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to... Bear River Paranormal Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This podcast represents the views and opinions of David and Shane and their guests to the show. The views and opinions are for informational purposes only and because each person is so unique to their experiences, knowledge, and research, 
Any and all opinions expressed does not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of any Bear River Paranormal Group member, nor any member of the paranormal community as a whole. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to us. My name is Shane. And I'm David. And on today's episode, we will be talking about what not to do on investigations in general or with a group, etc., etc., We'll also be talking about a residential case slash cleansing that we did. It was mostly a cleansing, but we did a mini investigation there. And David will be talking about a piece of equipment uh, that he thoroughly enjoys, which surprisingly we, we barely use, but I think it's a good piece of equipment. But to start off, we have some updates. So... In case if you haven't heard from the last episode, we do have a merch store up and running, so definitely go check it out. Every purchase you guys make definitely helps us out for us to go on investigations, buying equipment, if we need to buy merch for some of our group members that can't afford to buy a shirt for the group and stuff like that. That's what the money goes towards. So we definitely, definitely recommend you checking out our merch store, the link of our merch store is in the description of this podcast but yeah anything new with you david it's been a hot minute yeah um i just know this uh topic we're talking about is going to be a controversial one i think oh yeah um they're probably going to get a decent amount of uh people probably that are not going to like what we are going to say yeah but uh, that's, I mean, everything we are saying when it comes to what we think is a quote-unquote correct way of doing something or a way we like to do something, mm-hmm. uh, if it's not something that you like to do or you think is right, I mean, that's yours and our opinions. Don't don't at us. Don't jam down our throats saying that we're, you know, telling people wrong information to do things. I mean, in the end, this is about having fun with mostly people. Mm-hmm. We just want people to be safe in certain aspects. Yep. Whether you think it's right and we think it's wrong, it's up to you. I mean, we can't control you. We just want to pass on our information from what we know. That's yep. pretty much this whole thing's about. So yes. don't at us. Yeah, yeah. Especially with our little disclaimer that we have after the intro of this episode. Obviously, we are not representing the paranormal community as a whole. This is just our opinions. So take it for what it's worth. This is what we've experienced. This is what we've seen. But don't at us if you don't agree with what we say. If you don't agree with it, kindly move on like an adult. Because we're frankly just sick and tired of paradrama in this state, to be quite honest with you. But with that being said, basically, we've noticed a trend lately. David and I have noticed a trend lately that, you know... Peri-unity is a fine and wonderful thing, which we both agree that it is a a great thing to have with the paranormal community. But I feel like a lot of people don't understand what peri-unity is, to be honest. And some of the stuff that we've experienced just right here in the state of Utah and Idaho leads me to believe that people just don't want... They want to preach peri-unity... But they don't want to practice it. Case in point. Number one. What not to do on an investigation. You 
do not. I mean, for God's sakes, you do not do drugs. Like, seriously. How easy can that be? Just don't do drugs. Don't pass out drugs. Just don't do drugs. The reason for that is it compromises your mental state. It compromises you entirely, and it makes it a hell of a lot easier for something nefarious to either attack or attach to you. And then you're going to be going home with this attachment, and it's going to cause chaos inside of your house, and then you're sitting there wondering what went wrong. Hmm. Jeez, I kind of wonder. Maybe if you shouldn't have done drugs before going on an investigation or during an investigation, that could have been your first clue. Now, for my group, I, I, I do have some strict guidelines like no drinking or no drugs during an investigation or whatever. Usually, and David can agree with this, whenever we decide to go out and eat before we go to an investigation, you know, I myself typically will have a beer with my meal. David, it's up to him if he wants to have a drink with his meal. But I only limit it to one drink with that meal. And then usually it's still some time before when we leave the restaurant and get to the location, then you have time to set up and everything. And by then, I've already digested and sweated out the alcohol. You know what I mean? So I'm not a big stickler on that. Now, if you're like chasing shots right before an investigation, that's when it's going to become a problem. Now, I don't remember, I don't recall, David, if you've ever had a beer or a... A particularly adult beverage before an investigation during your meal. I don't recall you ever having one. Well, I mean, there was that time we uh, f- filmed up in uh, Nevada. Yeah. At that with, with Paul up there, you know, we we had because I mean, we literally were investigating a place that had a full crafted like bar. So I mean, we we did you know have have a shot or something then interviewed the stuff, but I mean, we yeah. didn't get like hammered or anything. Yeah. To the point where we were, you know gonna endanger ourselves and even when we did that interview there was still like a couple hours before we even investigated you know and we left the the location and grounded ourselves before actually starting Mm -hmm. you know so i mean with anything it's just one of those things that in moderation and just knowing when to to not expel the limits you know of something that's dangerous Mm -hmm. um when it comes to alcohol but i mean like drugs in general i i 100 against because i mean i can support the the whole we, uh marijuana thing people taking it partaking in it for uh various medical reasons and such yep um but it is not something that i would uh recommend anyone doing before investigating and stuff and i actually know somebody who uh dabbles in in, in lsd i'm not going to say their names for obvious mm-hmm. reasons um and they believe that it helps them get more in tuned with spiritual stuff and I just tell them I'm like I mean if that's what you do I'm not going to tell you how to live your life because you're not going to listen to me but I would just advise against it you know because it's just super dangerous Yeah. to to open yourself up like that uh, involving that just because you may think you can be in control but your defenses are just so down yeah and even like for We've done, we've investigated cases, residential cases, where drugs were the main factor in that particular location. And those investigations were very, very dark. Drugs brings the negative out of a lot of different things. And why would you want to get high, stoned, 
whatever before you go into an investigation. Like, I, I just don't understand it. With our experience, with we've done, I think, a total of three or four cases where drug use was prevalent in the whole entire case, you know, with the clients and everything, hence why there's malicious non-human entities inside that location. You know, I've even been attacked. My first ever case that I ever worked that had tied in with drugs, I got viciously attacked by a spirit that was attached to a freaking mirror. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it comes with dangers, and I was completely, utterly sober on that investigation, and I still got my ass handed to me because we were dealing with something that was a lot darker and a lot more powerful than than initially expected because of the type of nefarious things that they were doing in that location. So, I mean, I just... For that, that particular group to sit there and hand out prescription pills at a public investigation, I'm not going to name any names, but anybody that listens to this podcast will probably know who I'm talking about. Yes, I still talk about it to this day, even though it was like two or three years ago, because I still don't think it's completely right that you did that, and I honestly think you should have gotten in trouble, personally. The other thing <clears throat> that I wanted to talk about is you don't, don't ever dismiss anybody's claims or what their experiences are or anything like that don't you ever call a person a liar for because they're trying to explain their experiences and you're just sitting there ball-faced telling them to shut up and quit lying like seriously you were out of line right then and there by telling that particular individual to shut up and they don't know what they're talking about this is some of the kind of shit that we experience here in utah with certain people that are in the paranormal in fact, David was in that investigation as well on those two hot topics that I just talked about. The next thing that I definitely wanted to talk about, what not to do. Quit harboring locations. Why should I have to pay another team to investigate a location? If we're all in this to get answers about the paranormal, why should I have to go through another team to book a location when I should be able to go straight to the person who owns the location and talk to them directly and book the location? Why should I have to pay another team to investigate a location? I shouldn't have to, and I definitely will not do that. Any team that harbors, invest- that harbors locations and try to squeeze money out of other groups so that way they can come and check out that location you're the reason why para unity is not a thing anymore because frankly if we all could just work together work towards the same goal and let people check out these locations that you've been investigating there wouldn't be a freaking problem now there, there there's a difference between actually paying for a location to go investigating it and paying another group to go through that group to investigate a location There's a few groups here in the state of Utah that will do that, that will harbor locations. And I completely do not agree with it at all. I think, honestly, if you believe in paranormal unity, then you should be allowing these other groups to go to this location and pay the owner first and foremost. Not go through you, not go through anybody else. Go straight to the owner and pay them if there's a fee to book a location. Don't you agree with me, David? Yeah, I think the only thing that would um, maybe be different is if the uh, owner of the location 
specifically does want the group to be kind of the one to go through, you know? Yeah, which has happened in the past. Yeah, like if just the owners just don't really want to deal with it that much, they just kind of want to be on the um, receiving end of just, yeah, you, 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 I, you deal with all the people who want to do it, I'll let you just do it, and you just pay me the, the cut, you know? Yeah. Which is fine, and that's easy, too. Yeah. But rather than just uh, someone who has a location that anyone could potentially do, they just ask the owner if they can do it, and then they just go online and say, if you want to do this, you have to go through us. That's, I think, the difference on, on the line there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's different, especially where the, the group themselves, uh, when they can investigate it themselves for a different price, and then they turn around and do it publicly and charge more than what they could do privately, that anyone could do privately, they're just up selling tickets, I think is also... Uh, where that's a, a problem with it, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't really think any, I think, what is it, my my maximum idea for ticket sales, depending on the location, because it obviously can charge the most, but like, say you can get a location for free, I think the most you should charge somebody is like 10 or 15 bucks. Yeah. Because yeah. it's one of those things that you can't guarantee anyone's going to have any experience, so for them to pay to not have an experience just doesn't make sense to me. If you're getting into a location for free. Now, if yeah. obviously, if you have the the location wants money, then you have to do the prices according to how much the location, which is, of course, out of the group's hand on how much they need to charge in order to cover the cost flat just to yeah. have the location. Yeah. So, like, for example, Merker Cemetery has always been known to be one of those free locations that anybody can go check out. I see certain groups... Put on a put on a event for these free locations, and then proceed to charge people to investigate these locations. It's like no, this location wasn't was originally free, and it's always going to be free. Just because you want to hold an event there doesn't mean you should charge people. And every time when I've seen that, it's like, you know, you just want to say something about it, but then you don't want to stir the shit pot at the same time. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's one of those things where morally, to myself, I don't think that is right, but out of respect of the owner of whatever group they're doing that, I'm not going to call them out on them because, frankly, I just don't have any energy for that and I don't want to cause any issues. But it seems to keep on becoming a reoccurring issue, and that's the part that's really starting to aggravate me is, you know, these locations, they're always going to be free. Why do you need to to do an event out there and charge people that's the part that i just don't understand i mean if people are willing to pay for it i mean if they're willing to shell over money for it fine you know whatever but you and me both know that that location's free i'm not gonna pay 25 dollars to go to that location yeah i mean it's true if someone really wants to go and do it and pay for it that that's on them but I just hope that they know that there's a there was a potential chance that they could have done it really without having to pay for a ticket because yeah. the other thing is is people have to drive out there you know too which is gas and stuff like that and I know mm-hmm. some people uh, come out of Idaho just to come down to Utah for some of these public hunts too so that's a yeah. big commitment so like so from where I'm at here in Cache Valley <clears throat> it takes me roughly an hour and 45 minutes to two hours to get to Merker that's if I were to go 
through Tooele and depending depending on traffic and all that good jazz. Or I could take the more scenic route and drive all the way down to practically Provo and then swing around the mountain, Utah Lake, and then head up that way, which would add another 45 minutes to an hour to my trip. You know, so either way, it's going to cost $40 round trip in today's gas prices with inflation and everything just to go to that cemetery. So do you really think I'm going to want to pay $40 for gas round trip and then another $25 to $50 for an event that's supposed to be free? Doesn't sound economical to me. Yeah, but I mean, it's just one of those things uh, when it comes to, to money and stuff. I mean, I guess if people are happy with the results, that's good for them. I guess this is just more of a... PSA to just let uh, yeah. listeners know that uh, you know there's potentially a, a better way. Mm-hmm. So definitely do uh, do research mm-hmm. on a, on a location, which you should be doing anyways before you go to potentially investigate it. Mm-hmm. Is do your research uh, on the area, and maybe you'd potentially find out that uh, there's people who are able to do it cheaper than what this group you're potentially wanting to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, is charging for and you know there's potentially groups out there too that could help you do an investigation of that place that doesn't require going through uh, a public group tour that uh, someone's doing agreed you know it's just all about communication really yeah I've always I've always hit hard on if you ever want a true paranormal experience hit up a team that doesn't do public tours all the time that would be my best best advice that I can give you go go talk to a team that don't put on public events because when you go to a public event you're not going to get the full experience if you tag along with a team that will allow you to come along on an investigation now obviously depending on the group for my group I'm not going to bring a guest on a residential investigation that's just no ifs and or buts you know those are uh, private matter and we always uh, honor our clients' confidentiality and everything. Now, if it's a business location or a public location, and if you were to message me and ask me, hey, I've never been on an investigation before, but I really want to investigate for the first time, can I tag with tag along with you? And I'll be like, okay, well, if we have a location that I can bring you on, I will definitely bring you on. You know, that's not a guarantee. You know, because it, it really all just depends because our number one priority are always going to be residentials. So I'm not going to cancel on a re- residential to schedule a business location to bring someone on to investigate. I know that kind of sounds a little harsh, but at the same time, our priority has always been residentials, helping people out with their paranormal issues. If people want to have a good time, I completely understand that. There's just a time and place for everything. Wouldn't you say, David? Yeah, I mean, if our Facebook on our group page or even on this uh, podcast page ever blows up to where people really want to go on investigations, I mean, we can consider putting on a public investigation. We just don't do it because it's not something we are wanting to move forward towards. Yeah. But there's always an option for us to do it. That if mm-hmm. there's a get enough people behind us wanting to do it we definitely could have the potential to do it we just don't make it a priority to uh 
post about it to advertise that we're doing it and everything just because we just haven't felt the need or want to really do it yeah but i mean it's definitely something we could do it just depends on whether you guys want us to do it or not honestly Mm -hmm. yeah and if we like like what david said if we get to a point we where we get bigger and you guys want to have a public investigation i'm sure we can make that happen you just got to give us some time because obviously there's logistics and I got to pull people in to help with the event and everything like that. So it's going to take some time, but we can definitely accommodate if you guys want to experience what a true investigation's like. And to be honest with you, if I were to do one, it'd be a completely different from how the other groups do it. I mean, it's going to be structured. We're actually going to be interactive with the guests and stuff like that. Some of the public investigations that we've been to, it's kind of been like a free-for-all, to be honest with you, and I really don't think that's a good idea, personally. But I do know it's a lot harder to babysit a bunch of adults than it is to babysit a bunch of kids. So, Yeah, it, it'd be one of those things that I guess, the depending on the amount of people who are doing it with us, if they wanted uh, it to be like, a free-for-all where like everyone has experiences everyone knows what the place we're going to type of thing then that's uh, fine if that's what everyone wants i mean we're not going to tell people who uh are wanting to do this uh no we're doing it this way and you have to do what we say nazi style but i mean if it's one of those things where we have a bunch of people who are just very new to this and are wanting our guidance and to see how we do things then we would structure it in the way that we feel we want to do it because that's what everyone who's wanting to do this with us also wants. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things that we try to, you know, cater as much as we can because this is what everyone wanted us to do. So it'd just be one of those things that we'll figure out the best way to make everyone happy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can definitely get together and brainstorm, talk to a few people, but I already ha- I already kind of have an idea on how I would do it. But obviously I would sit down and talk with David and probably pull a couple other people in and get their opinions and, and all that good jazz. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that I wanted to hit on, particularly with paranormal teams, quit this whole, this is my turf, get off my turf bullshit. I mean, this isn't 1995 anymore. This is 2022. If we're going to be called to a location that's in your area because they couldn't seem to get your guys' help so they bring in another team, don't get pissed at us that you guys are incapable of helping a client when we can. I can't tell you how many times I've been harassed about being on someone's turf. I mean, there's been, there was a library over in uh, Wyoming that we were wanting to go check out because it was it was built over a, I can't remember if it was an Indian burial, burial ground or they found some graves right then and there. But uh, I was told that it's being handled by a certain paranormal group over there in Wyoming and that once they have finished their contract with them, then we can go in there and investigate it. But that could be anywhere between a year to 10 years. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to wait 10 years to investigate a location. I've already crossed that one off my list of probably never going to go do that location again. And then there's a team up in Idaho that they really get irritated when we go up in their area and start doing investigations, either residential or business or anything, anything like that. They seem to get really aggravated every time when we go up there. And I tell them every single time, it's like, this is a free fucking country. I'm going to go 
wherever I want to go. I'm going to go investigate wherever I want to go investigate. And just because you guys keep on hopping on hopping on being active and then being inactive so many times i mean i swear to god i think you guys go active and inactive more than i change my freaking underwear i swear to god you know what i mean so you guys need to be more consistent are you guys going to be active full time or are you going to close the group down because this disappearing for a couple years then reappearing for six months then disappearing for a couple years and reappearing for a year you know it really just starts getting tiresome and really you're just confusing your fans and your followers and that's just from an outsider perspective but this whole this is my turf has got to stop it's got to stop now it's just it's getting a little ridiculous and this is why I talk about paranormal unity so hard at the beginning of this episode because the kind of stuff that we're explaining to you guys that we've experienced here in Idaho and Utah is not paranormal unity. It's paranormal drama, it's paranormal bullying, and it's backstabbing. That's essentially what's going on in these two states. Now, I don't know if any other team across California all the way to New York and back from Texas all the way up to the Canadian border or even up in Alaska... I don't know if you guys are experiencing the exact same thing, but over here in this area, it's it we've experienced it. Yeah, definitely we get more and more people uh, in this area. I mean, there's still... We can have our differences with certain people here too, you know, go with little tips and stuff, as long as we're all adults in the end who can, you know, look past whatever squabbles we have a little bit too, and move forward with everything but then there are certain people that are just once they don't like you they make it their mission to try to destroy you and that's Mm -hmm. that's where i have a problem because i i'm the type of person who can definitely you know have a big argument with you not that i argue that much with people but have a big argument with you and then you know after a couple days be like okay i'm over it you know like i i'm not gonna hold on to it that much honestly it's over whatever as long as we don't continue to throw shade at each other then i can move on you know but if Mm -hmm. i move on and you continue to bring stuff up then i'm gonna jump right back in because you're still talking about it and see and this is why i like you so much david because you're more level-headed when it comes to this kind of stuff than i am because i hold grudges like a bitch. i'm a cancer i'm a full-on cancer so i hold grudges i still hold grudges from when i was a kid and quite frankly, the people that tormented me when I was a child, they should have never went on their Mormon mission. They should never have anything good in their life, personally. But that's just me. You're a lot better at that than I am because I can't forgive and forget. I can forgive, but I'll never forget. Yeah, I can, I can do the same. I can do the same with the forgive and not forget because there's definitely people that, you know, I could see them face to face and i've had conversations with them but i just know in the past that they've done some shady stuff to me and i'm just i'm not going to forget that but i can be you know i guess if you want to call it fake to someone's face or not it's up to you or real in my opinion but i just i prefer not to be associated with you but if i have to then i can be an adult and have a full-on conversation with you if i need to Mm -hmm. agreed Yeah, so definitely you're a lot better at at that than I am because I still hold grudges. It's one of the things I'm definitely working on to better myself as an individual and as a person. 
It's really hard, though, especially when you're a full-blown cancer and you've had a lot of shit that, you, you know, if you've went through the amount of shit that I've had to go through, you would definitely understand. But David's a lot better at it than I am, to be honest. But he keeps me level. Let's be honest. He definitely does keep me level. Right. So a lot of the things we've talked about so far has been uh, what we think groups are doing um, that we don't agree with. But uh, I'd like to circle back to what uh, individuals could, are also doing. Um, yeah. Let me let me say one more thing before we get to that because there was one more thing I wanted to touch on, you know, group okay. wise, and it it definitely applies to individuals as well. Um, okay. Not too long ago, one of my group members experienced a little bit of backlash and th- and I'm going to circle back to the whole paranormal unity unity thing. Um one of my investigators uh got some backlash over something that was posted on our Facebook page, the Bear River Paranormal Facebook page. <sighs> to be honest, I was over it after the first day, but it got drawn on for weeks. And essentially Basically, it was about a definition of what one thing is. What does one thing versus another thing mean, basically? And with the proper research and a link to uh, back up what was said, we still got a bunch of shit about it. We got told that we're not a credible group anymore, that we don't know what we're talking about, and if we keep on spouting this aka misinformation then we're going to be forced out of the paranormal this is some of the stuff that we have experienced as of lately and that's why I really wanted to hit hard on this particular topic because to be quite honest with you the people that were backstabbing, talking shit and basically trying to make my life a living hell as a group member It just really proved a point that there are too many people in this paranormal field, especially in the state of Utah, that are too damn narrow-minded and can't open up their damn brain to actually accept the fact that not everybody has the same exact answer. The fact that this paranormal field does not have the absolute answer to anything, and it's more just a speculation due to research, experience, stuff like that now I'm not going to go into any more detail because quite frankly I don't want to give the people that were harassing us and any time of the day but for the for if you're listening to this episode and you're one of those people just so that way you know I do have my eyes on you and I am watching you like a fucking hawk because to be quite honest with you if you're going to try to ruin my reputation, ruin my group's reputation, and trash talk my group members, you just made it personal. You made it very personal. And quite frankly, you don't know the amount of hard work I had to put in to create my motherfucking group and to get it to be as active as it is today and be successful as it is today. And the last thing I need is a bunch of little naysayers that haven't really done shit in the paranormal to try to bring my group down, make me lose my credibility, and make me lose everything I worked very hard for. So if you're listening to this episode, be mindful the next time you want to open up your mouth and say anything about me, my group members, or my group in general, because I am watching. 
I am listening, and I am sitting back and watching the whole entire room. And when Karma comes in, and she does whatever she needs to do, just be thankful that I'm not going to be there sitting back with a beer in my hand, a cigar hanging out of my fucking mouth with a big-ass smile on my face. Just saying. And that's why I wanted to primarily hit hard on Paranormal Unity because it's really lack thereof in this in this particular state. Now, there's something that I definitely want to read to you guys before um, David starts talking. So the thing that I wanted to read to you guys... It should be noted that the field of paranormal research is not yet a proven field of scientific facts as experiences, evidence, and other unexplained happenings cannot be recreated in a controlled laboratory setting and yield the same results over and over. Entities, spirits, ghosts, etc. do not perform on command. It is possible that your particular case may require we set up numerous investigations and or cleansings in order to best serve you and get you the answers you deserve. It sometimes is the case that a first investigation may yield no evidence. This does not mean that your location is not haunted. It merely means we are unable to catch any results the first time. The reason why I put that on our website is so that way people realize that even though there are so many teams, there's so much equipment out there, there's different ways of investigating the paranormal, not every person is correct. And that's what I wanted to hit on mostly on this episode. Those people that sat there and shit-talked me, shit-talked David, shit-talked any of my other investigators on my team, saying that they know more than us and blah 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 blah, I call bullshit. And I will tell you, you're a full of bullshit to your fucking face. So, I know this is going to piss some people off. I know we're probably going to get some heat over what I said. But to be quite honest with you, be in my shoes. Before you start screaming and hollering and running to Facebook and messaging people and telling them how horrible of a person I am, sit down and think about, you know, if I was in Shane's shoes, what would I have done? Just think of it this way. Now, David, go ahead. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Not I, gonna lie, I did the Captain Morgan stance when I said that. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was heavy. Very heavy. But it needed to be said, to be honest with you. It just, I'm so sick and tired of it. You know, I'm I'm already I'm working two full time jobs. One that pays me, and this one that doesn't. Do I have right. any time to deal with this bullshit? No. And quite frankly, we're all adults here. We all need to be acting like adults, you know? No, no, it's true. I mean, anyone would be uh, in the same position. Anyone would be upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anyone's upset when they're attacked, right? Exactly. So, so, I mean, it's just one of those things is... I think you've been quiet, honestly, for a long time. And I think this has been the first time for you to actually let out how you feel. And it's just whether or not people are ready to receive how you're feeling because I think normally no one has seen you this um, upset before. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is a good chance. I mean, it's good to let it out. I mean, it's not good to bottle it up. Yeah, I definitely feel better after saying all that, but (laughs) by any means. 
Um, and you know, if people want to come at us for being uh, mean uh, for any anything that we uh, we have said, I mean, technically we haven't called anyone out specifically. Exactly. So if anyone's upset for how we're talking, then they're potentially one of the people we're talking about because they're being upset for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just goes to show on, on their character that they feel like they're getting attacked, even though we didn't say anyone specific. That means that they self-consciously think what we're saying is somewhat true if they think we're talking about them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a funny, interesting way of, of looking at it that way. Yeah, but, uh, a.k.a. guilty conscience. Right. So, but yeah, w- most of our issues, honestly, have been with uh, just technically other groups out there that we have seen and just with some of the stuff that they've done. Not to completely bag or, or, or hate on... Uh, some of their ways of doing things yeah it's just not what i would call uh being a particularly right or safe way mm-hmm. but that's that's on them you know if they feel good about what they did at the end of the day and can go to sleep at night then good for them you know mm-hmm. but uh, i just feel bad for the other people that have to potentially live with the aftermath of what some groups uh cause yeah and it may not be the group's fault whether they know or don't know uh, what they're dealing with at the time. And, you know, that could potentially happen to us at any point. We can go to a cleansing, uh, think we solved the problem, and then find out, oh, we didn't solve the problem. Shit, we need to go back and fix it. But yep. at least we will attempt to go back and try to fix it to the yep. point where we can safely say it's in our realm of possibilities to fix it or it's within you that we can't fix it because of you or vice versa, but we'll at least try our hardest. Yep. Where I think some groups will just in and out got what they wanted and whatever happens after that it's not their responsibility yep so that's been primarily our biggest uh issues with i think the last couple of years but uh going back to the topic of what not to do investigation wise and i think we've we've mentioned our stances on it before but i'd like to reiterate um our opinions on it again uh, is to not use uh ouija boards in any case scenario yep just want to bring that back up into everyone's uh, thought processes because, uh, in my opinion, I do not think that they are a good uh, tool to use for investigations. Whether you know how to use them or not, I don't feel like they are particularly the safest tools in the world. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the most dangerous yep. uh, that can uh, affect you and anyone around you, and it just causes more problems than I think solutions. Yeah, agreed definitely agree with that we do not recommend anybody playing with ouija boards and this is coming from someone that's having to that had to cleanse a couple ouija boards myself with the help of diana it's not safe to play i don't care if you've used it countless of times and you know what you're doing it's still not safe because to be quite honest with you you don't even really know who you're talking to through that device and Ouija boards, nine times out of ten, open up a portal anyway, so now you're letting in more nefarious things than what you originally thought you were going to. So I definitely agree with you, David, on that one. And um, I'll just point this out there that uh, investigating uh, your house is not really a good idea, and vice versa with uh, investigating uh, alone, Mm -hmm. I think is uh, probably one of the number ten spots in your top ten list of things not to do. Yeah. Uh, house specifically because you know 
if it's you you live there you're there constantly if you're trying to open a line of communication with something that's in your house there's a potential for you to mess up and not close that line of communication and then you just have the spirit that's with you constantly now basically invaded your life and personal space because you opened that line of communication up to where the point of groups coming into your house is you're not as involved and we open that line of communication, but then we close that line of communication and it doesn't have anything to do with you personally. Yep. Um, but and then just if you are going to investigations, whether you can do it publicly uh, or a location that you can get into that's uh, legal um, or someone else's house for instance uh, by yourself is probably the worst I mean like in our group we could go to a location and yeah I can go by myself downstairs and Shane could be upstairs by himself we can be by ourselves but we are a team and we check up on each other at some point Yep. you know so we're not technically alone even though we are investigating quote alone in location sometimes yep and another thing too to add to that when never like what david said never investigate your own location because you don't truly know who you're talking with and that opens up a whole bag of worms now me myself i've actually experienced something myself so um i did a cleansing a couple weeks ago with diana and i got viciously attacked i got cleansed after that that cleansing everything was copacetic but there was still a little something off come to find out i brought something home with me when i went out and got my last i think either my last or the second last haunted object that i picked up from a thrift store and i took it to my storage unit something followed me not with the items that i purchased but something else that was in that building that noticed what i was doing and it followed me to my house this is the type of true dangers that we as paranormal investigators experience on the day-to-day basis to the fact that we can't even go to a thrift store without having something follow us home. I got scolded, uh, basically got told I should never ever cleanse my house by myself. Now I didn't know this at the time, I went ahead and already cleansed my house, I did everything that I would typically do at a client's house. Apparently, that is not a good thing to do, and it's not as effective as if I was cleansing someone else's house. Who knew? You live, you learn. So, my place got properly cleansed. We evicted that that male spirit out of the house, so now it's just a crotchety old female spirit that lives here, that travels between the upstairs and the downstairs. But that's another thing, too, that I wanted to hit on, is if you know your house needs an in-depth cleansing, call in a professional paranormal team that is competent on doing actual legit cleansings there's different types of cleansings out there there's religious there's um there's uh metaphysical uh, metaphysical way stuff like that there's native american there's there's different ways of doing it um do your research figure out which team is going to be best for you and go with them Uh, i actually recently a couple months ago had to actually reach out to paranormal teams for my uh, half-sister's half-sister over in Georgia where they were experiencing some very, very malicious shit in this house that they purchased and they're renovating and this house was sat vacant for, I think she said, 10 to 15 years. Um, 
before the previous people uh, bought it and moved in and everything and then they just up and left one night and they put it up on the market so I don't to me that's a big red flag but she needed a place to stay for you know her family and everything so then they started ex experiencing those issues so I actually had to reach out I had to pull up paranormal directories I had to reach out to certain paranormal teams that were still actually active and start asking them those questions like I know you guys are a paranormal group and you guys do investigations do you guys offer cleansings and if they said yes then I would proceed to ask them what type of cleansings did they do is it religious is it metaphysical is like what what do you do um, it was actually quite surprising how um, certain teams are so different from each other like I talked to one team and they only do uh, religious cleansings that's the only thing that they do and then I talked to other groups and they you know they kind of balance it between religious and metaphysical I haven't been able to find a group that can actually do the same type of cleansings as we do but I did find a group that does cleansings close to what we do and that's who I referred them to and they got, as far as I'm aware, they got their issue resolved. So even for someone that owns a paranormal group, I still had to do the footwork and start doing research on paranormal teams. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. Um, the last thing I would definitely wanted to hit on was do not trespass. If you want to check out a location, great. The last thing you ever want to do is catch a charge. So is it worth trespassing onto that abandoned property to check it out? Honestly, it's not. We live in a day and age where any information can be found by the tips of our fingers, to be honest. So you can find out who owns that property and you can find them pretty easily online and you can reach out to them and see if they can give you permission to check out you know, the location. And if they give you permission, great. Just make sure you get that in writing. You know what I mean? Because unfortunately in this current climate that we're in cops are not very understanding and they don't really believe a lot of things a lot of people say so if you have the documentation to back it up that's even better but we definitely do not recommend that you trespass at all i mean hell there's plenty of places around here just in cash valley itself that i definitely want to go check out i'm not going to because most of them might be trespassing on it's just not worth it. It's not worth catching a, ch catching a charge for 15 minutes of excitement. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, sounds good to me. Um, I mean, I think we just covered basics with uh, yeah. what not to do. Obviously, there's more in-depth things that uh, we could talk about yeah. uh, on a, like, spirit-to-spirit -spirit case or, you know, whatever uh, that you're dealing with. If you're dealing with something negative, there's things not to do and oh. uh, in our opinions and stuff like that. Yeah. One more thing. Do not do human pendulums and don't do scrying because you'll get the same as, same exact result as playing with a Ouija board. I just wanted to add that in, but I'm done now. That's fine. I don't think I've ever seen a human pendulum be done. Not technically, no, but I've heard about it. It doesn't sound the greatest, yeah. because if you, anyone knows what a pendulum is, you know you're holding, you know this necklace thing that ha you know there's a purpose for it, and the spirits, the energy is what's making it move. So the idea is you're using a human as the interval of the something that the energy is affecting yep. to make move. Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound the safest. Yeah. 
No, I completely <laughs> agree with that. Uh, and really, you're just inviting things that shouldn't be invited in anyway. Yeah. No, that's weird. I've never heard of that, but it doesn't sound the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Sounds pretty stupid. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot more we could potentially talk about uh, with that. Mm-hmm. So we, we'll, we'll probably, we can readdress it later. Yeah. Uh, I do just want to add a closing statement to this. You know, obviously I got a little heated on this episode and you just, you, you have to understand where I'm coming from. It is completely frustrating and mentally and physically tiring to having to get told that I got told this, I got told that, you know, and I'm 31 years old. I'm pretty sure I can communicate better than most people on this earth, I swear to God. And the thing that I bet that just baffles me is the fact that only one person out of quite a few have actually said something to me or has messaged a group and wanted to not necessarily talk about it, but get their point across. In which I completely understand and I appreciate and I give more respect to that individual. And if she's, if he or she is listening to this episode, I hope you know, I appreciate the fact that you took your time to message us versus this talking behind my back, backstabbing me and can't even confront me and talk to me about the issues that you have. And I know quite a few of them. I know personally and quite frankly, I've lost all respect for those individuals. Just saying. So if you can't be a normal, decent human being and actually, I don't know, communicate, you're not going to m- make it far in this world and in this life. So the only thing I ask, if it's about this episode, if it's about an old episode, if it's about us in general, if you have a problem, come to me. Please. I want you to call me, text me, email me, message the group, message me privately. There's so many avenues to get a hold of me that there's no excuse. And I invite those people. I want you to come and talk to me and voice your concerns and voice your issues because I really want to hear what you have to say. That's the only thing I ask. And that is my closing statement. Cool respect exactly that's all it is hey everybody the sponsor of today's episode is anchor the platform that we use at the brb podcast for our podcast anchor is an awesome web-based distribution type platform kind of like spreaker and some of those other platforms out there that allows people to host their podcasts but here's the caveat There is no caveat. It's free. Free? Yeah, free. Unlike some of the other streaming platforms that we've used in the past, like Spreaker, they limit you on how many episodes you can upload. They limit you on how many demographics and charts and stuff like that that you want to see and see how your podcast is doing. So Anchor provides all that for free. You can upload. You can have as many episodes as you want for how long it needs to be. They give you all of the graphs and charts needed so that way you can 
keep track of your progress on how well you're doing for your podcast. And they also give you the option to help monetize your episodes as well by either giving you some sponsorships or you obtain some sponsorships. We definitely, definitely recommend checking out Anchor for all of your podcast needs because us at BRP Podcast, we are a self-funded podcast. So the fact that we can use internet-based platform for free and they give us all the tools to make us successful is why we give them two thumbs up. So we definitely recommend you check out Anchor. The link is in the description of this podcast. We would love for you to check them out and let them know that we sent you over to them. Thanks, Anchor. So, for the residential investigation. Now, David, do you remember that mini-investigation cleansing we did on Antelope Drive? Antelope Drive. I mean, it sounds familiar. It had that basement with the crawl space that had a pretty huge crawl space, and you were standing ne- standing there next to that opening with my FX 2.0. Is we it uh, is it the one where they had the that case that had all uh, the the dolls in the it? The dolls in, in the corner, it, yeah. And yes. the teenage girls had a crush on you. Well, let's not talk about. Yeah, that. let's not talk. About <laughs> <that>. <laughs> it it was cute. It was cute that they. Th- I mean, it's nice to hear that someone thinks you're attractive and whatnot, you know? Yeah. Um, it was just one of those things that I wasn't the most comfortable with. I was like, oh, that's nice that they, they think that. But uh, 100% married. <laughs> right. And, and uh, you know, I, I appreciate the, uh, the I guess, attention I get. But, uh, it's definitely a moral booster. Let's, yeah, let's it, it, I mean, anyone's going to be happy when someone says, man, you look cute or hot or whatever. I mean, yeah. that is nice to hear. No one who doesn't want to hear that. Exactly. But uh, it's just it's just one of those things that I just don't, I didn't want to be there because they want me there for, for, for my looks, you know, kind of thing. It, it just kind of it turned a little awkward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, near the end. And yeah. just one of those things I was like, because I think you asked if I wanted to do the evidence display with them. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't. I don't really want to go down there <laughs> again. Yeah, but, uh, no, I, I understand that. But I mean, it, it was interesting. Uh, but I mean, location itself, what we did was kind of crazy. What all happened that night too? Because I mean, right off the get go, uh, the area in itself is pretty crazy. Right off the bat, and then you have what's inside. So we go inside, and right to the immediately right, there's like a big like. I don't know, seven foot Armoire. case. Yeah. That's, you know, glass and just display and it has so many dolls in it. Not just and any normal doll, porcelain dolls. True. Um, and then some regular ones, but you could just tell yep. right off the bat that there's energy to gravitated towards that case. Yep. So you already have that right off the bat. Um, and then you have the fact that I think there, there was a Native American spirits uh, in the house. And then throw on top of that, uh, the daughter was burning uh, a certain incense, the dragon's blood incense, mm-hmm. uh, that she had that in, in her you know, possession, yep. which uh, we've suggest we've, t- we've talked about it before that uh, with some uh, enlightenment too, uh, with what we've learned is dragon's blood isn't bad per se, but it's potentially it's an enhancer. 
So whatever's in the environment at which you're burning dragon's blood, it will enhance that. So if you have negative stuff already in your house, mm-hmm. burning dragon's blood incense will only increase the activity of the negative effect. Mm-hmm. And it should be noted that in the previous episodes, we've talked about dragon's blood and how you should never use dragon blood. Now, I'm not saying you should go to one of these metaphysical stores and buy a bundle of white sage that has been literally dumped in dragon's blood and it's completely red on the outside. We don't recommend you use that. But if you find some, say, white sage or blue sage or something that has just a little bit of dragon's blood, what that actually does is it actually enhances the sage potency. So if you're cleansing your location and you're using, say, white sage, for example, and it's just got just a small amount of dragon's blood in there, it's going to make that potent. Now, the only time it will ever get reversed is if you try to use one of those um, uh, white sage bundles that is, that's been completely dipped in dragon's blood. You're going to have the complete opposite effect. So that's where I wanted to kind of jump in and clarify that, even though in the past... We have said don't use dragon dragon's blood at all. It's actually perfectly okay to use just a small amount. And I actually got that information from Tim and Brandy. So thank you guys for educating me on that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we had like th- uh, trifecta triangle thing of things going on there. Um, that was going on, and definitely a, a lot of feelings. And yeah, we used the FX 2.0. Uh, downstairs while you were asking questions and a lot of responses and uh, I'm pretty sure you had something uh, like in the cold storage room uh, come up on you. Yeah, and a huge ass portal too while we're at it. Yep, then dealing with uh, the natives uh, in, in the area and stuff too. Uh, it, was, it was a lot for sure. Uh, I think that's uh, the one that I actually did the cleansing myself like i went around and uh did all did this all the ceiling yep all the doors and everything yep you did yeah i i did the ceiling i did the ceiling of that house um which was interesting to do i mean i've done it i don't know the total amount of times i think i've done it five times yeah like four or five times if i remember correctly um and that one was just an interesting one to do with the circumstance of everything Mm -hmm. and i think we did end up with the dolls and everything just kind of cleansing them of just any type of energy that's that's on them just to revert them back to just a regular doll yeah essentially so she can keep all her display and stuff pretty in there uh dealt with the sage and stuff and cleansed uh, the the daughter's room and stuff and Mm -hmm. um it was pretty copacetic uh in the house after we left and everything but we just knew you know, once you step outside, that there's still like that energy in the area. Yeah. You know. Yeah, the whole entire area just feels bad in general, but we definitely made sure we made the inside of the house feel a lot more comfortable. And it was pretty much a cut and dry cleansing case. And they asked us to do a mini investigation uh, before we actually started the cleansing process. And I think, honestly, we only investigated for, like, upwards an hour at the most, and then we went into cleansing. But I do remember that there was a huge-ass portal there that took a little while to close down. We were dealing with uh, malicious entities. In fact, I, if I remember correctly, I think we even cleansed the whole entire property. I think we did, yeah. 
because of how the outside was feeling. So, basically, it, it was a clean, cut, dry type cleansing case, but it was good to have David there as a third person to help out. Because, I'm not going to lie, it gets harder to cleanse locations the bigger they get. Um, apartments are the most trickiest, but they are the easiest to cleanse, and huge-ass houses with multiple floors tend to be the hardest to cleanse because there's so many doors, so many nooks and crannies. You can't left any door not open when you're cleansing those types of locations. But it was definitely fun nonetheless. I think uh, when we went back and did a second... Uh, tune up on that location. I think Diana actually did take a couple of those dolls home. If oh, I remember correctly. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that we know. It, it, obviously, it took a, a going out there a second time to to fix things. But I think after that, everything's been good up to that point. Yeah, um, so far I haven't heard any complaints or anything. So. so I mean, that's that's pretty good, and that's that's been a minute too. So I mean, obviously anything can always no matter what we do cleansing wise there can always be something else that comes in yeah you know nothing's 100% guaranteed but I definitely feel like we uh, did the best work that we could that, that they could ask for yeah definitely you know, and to try to make their lives easier so I think we were pretty successful um, on that front but uh, no, it was it was uh, a fairly good uh, investigation actually, for 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 what it was and everything. And uh, I I just remember the the dad of uh, she he was like in the skeptical range, yeah. you know, yeah. of everything because he he didn't really want to be there when we did it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but he did show up and you know talking to him and I think he realized that you know we're not nuts or crazy people yeah. trying to explain things to him uh, in, in the best way possible but and he just... actually participated too he let us check him made sure that he didn't have any attachments or anything like that so he actually participated which is a huge plus on him right yeah it was just one of those things I don't know if it's just one of the things that he just didn't want to believe it because if it's true that sucks kind of thing you know yeah that's kind of how most males are these days so, but you know, he definitely got mind kind of thing yeah but he definitely got more open-minded about it i think after the cleansing bit was over and i think yep. it was more of a reassurance that we did a good job yep. based on uh the other people that were there who witnessed it mm. and kind of was telling them and stuff like that i just yeah it's one of those things if like you're because he was like really the only male in the house of like there was like four or five women there yeah so really you don't really want to hear that everyone has a hard time being in their house when you you know you're just like i don't have the time or energy mm-hmm. to deal with a problem that i can't see you know yeah yeah so they just they just wanted to reassure them say no it's fine there's nothing here don't worry about it to try to ease their mind without him having to you know deal with anything that's pretty standard thing of why people choose to not want to believe in it yeah yeah you definitely hit the nail on the head with that one david but he definitely got open-minded in in the end so that was uh that was that was pretty nice and different you know oh yeah don't get that very often usually if people don't believe in it you can't really convince them yeah agreed so the piece of equipment that I want you to talk about, David, the cross 
Repair Thermal IR Detector. Now this is one of those equipment that you have, we barely use, but I really like this piece of equipment personally. Okay, yes, yeah, so remind me, because I just tried looking this up, did I get it off of Ghost Up? No, you got it off of Ghost Hunter's equipment. Okay, because I couldn't remember where I got it off of. Yeah, so you I got wanted... it off of there, and it's for a uh, going price of $159. Okay, so do you have it pulled up? Yeah, I do. Oh, cool. I was trying to remember, because I remember it has a... Just the design of it just reminds me of Ghost Up, because it's that red and black style. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I was thinking that. Um, so yeah, I got it because I think I actually did see it on an episode of Ghost Adventures one time. Yeah, same and here. That's it was actually the, on my list of things to buy, but you already bought it. And uh, it was just one of those things. I was like, oh, it's interesting. I'll look it up because basically what it is, it's cool. Like uh, it's got like a bullseye design on it. And basically what it does is because it has dots too, so it'll have like a like a triangle dots in the middle and then it branches out to the right two dots and it branches up and down two dots and to the left two dots so you know it makes it makes a circle yep. and like a, cro a crosshair effect basically like scope wise if anyone are gun aficionados yeah i was uh, gonna mention that it makes you know like the crosshairs of a gun bullseye whatever you want to call it uh, but basically those individual led lights um because it's thermal as the device implies um when something walks and gets in front of it a hand or whatever you know it'll detect that and it'll do red or blue so hot or cold and it will kind of track it on that led lights and display basically of where it's at in location to the device yep so if the device is sitting flat uh, pointing in front of me if something walks to my right and in, in front of it the dots on the right will light up but not the other dots and it'll kind of track its location that it's it's getting a hot or cold yeah so that's essentially how it works but the way i've dealt with it it's that's been the trickiest uh is when you're in like a house i mean doing it outside is virtually impossible in in my opinion yeah because it's just gonna be too much weather faction right you go outside it's gonna be blue across the whole board because it's just pick, picking up cold right yep um so realistically you kind of have to do it in my opinion inside for it to work accurately but then the other thing you have to think about too is every time you walk around with it the minute you point it towards a window or a door you're gonna get instant cold because you know it's getting the outside or even so remotely close to the window or door right as well Right, and then you have a house. If like the vents kick on, it'll instantly probably set it off if it's anywhere near vents. So it's one of those things that you kind of have to put it in a more, you know, weather-resistant area room yep. that's you know sealed tight. So it makes it harder to determine what you're getting as actual uh, physical environmental changes based on spiritual activity or just natural uh, phenomenon that's occurring in the environment. Yeah, and that one's a lot harder to use with other pieces of equipment to validate what you're getting. That's why I haven't used it often because it's one of those that I'm not—I'm barely sixty percent confident in what I'm getting. Yeah, that's why I don't use it as often or really ever that much uh, for that reason. 
but it's one of those pieces of equipment that I'm not to the point of wanting to sell it. You know what I mean? Like I still yeah. like it because the concept works for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just harder to incorporate it, unfortunately, paranormal-wise, to get good evidence. Yeah. Because I can get subpar evidence, but it's not uh, backed by anything that I can uh, confidently say is, you know, paranormal evidence. Yeah. What I would probably, because the way that it works, I mean, it's basically a dual-axis thermal IR paranormal investigation e- equipment. So, it it like what David said, it looks like you're looking down a scope of a rifle if you're gun savvy. And really, I think it would be paired good with your uh, with your laser grid, David. I think having those side by side would be good to have. Uh, I would probably suggest a thermal camera, but we weren't really too impressed with thermal cameras and we weren't really getting much evidence, if any at all, through thermal cameras. That's why we sold them because it just, it ended up becoming some, one of those things that we would review numerous times on investigations and nine times out of 10, we weren't really catching much, if anything, on those. But it would be a good piece of equipment to pair with a thermal camera, but I really think your laser grid would be a good partner for that. You know what would be good to pair it with? Hmm. The SLS camera. Yes, that too. I think that would be really good as well. I think that would help uh, validate visually if the thermal crosshairs is going crazy, if you're mapping something at the same time, because then that can help validate uh, that something's in front of it, you know? Yeah. I think that'd be an interesting thing to do to try to mount to the, you know, structure that I have. Yeah, so I think we should probably try to make some sort of a mount with the 510 thread that we should be able to uh, use a, a female-to-female uh, thread uh, bolt and use that and mount it to your SLS camera and have both of them running at the same time. The only problem I'm seeing this now unless you're willing to put on a camera on your head to constantly point down to where the equipment is, that would be the only thing that would be hard to validate without a camera right. constantly being on. Well, yeah, to validate to other people, but for my yeah. own personal like thing, you know, yeah. it'd be one of those that it'll help me uh, see things better. Yeah. You know, and then once I get more confident with it, then it'd be one of those things that, yeah, you'd have to figure out a way to show camera wise evidence that what I'm getting. Yeah. Which I'm still thinking about maybe because I still want to make that. uh, We're we're talking about what we talked about on the last episode, but uh, I still want to make that headset IR light. Right. And mount a camera to it and everything. I still want to do that. The IR light band. Yep. Headband. Yep. Because if we can perfect that, then you can wear that while you're holding the SLS and the the crosshair mounted to the SLS. And then that would make it a lot easier to film that while you're walking around and doing all that. Because I think it would still be a good idea to put a camera on just an investigator and just document what we actually do throughout the course of a night, you know, obviously edit out the parts that we don't want people to see, like us going to the bathroom and stuff like that. But, you know, I still think it's a pretty cool concept. Right. Yeah. I'm going to, I just looked it up on Amazon right now. I saw a a pretty cool, uh, band that we can look into and just see if we can just replace the LEDs that are already on it 
yeah. and just put IRs on IR lights on it. That would be cool. Cause then, cause this this band is only like twelve ninety six. The only the only cheap. problem that I can see is depending on what LEDs they use on that. Because if it's one of those uh, diode LEDs, that's um, that's uh, soldered to an actual circuit board or a circuit band, that could be a problem. Mm. You know what I mean? So it would need to be the ones where the LEDs can be interchangeable. Yeah. Gotcha. Because, like, if you think of it this way, uh, like the RGB strips that you have in your house and the RGB strips that I have in my house, those yeah, are they're actually on a... they're diodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be a lot harder to try to convert that over to infrared if we, you know, if it's that style. That's why I kind of wanted to create my own because I literally have a shit ton of infrared LEDs sitting in my case that need to be used. So that's what... I'm right, but now. we can use we can use these that are on here as kind of like a structure, like pretty much yeah. tear it down and reuse it and yeah. build our own. Yeah, yeah, this definitely. One's pretty, this one's pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, sense. I think it. Honestly, I think the crosshair thermal IR detector is really a good, solid piece of equipment. It it definitely has my thumbs up on it. I think it's a good piece of equipment as long as it's understood. And that's with a lot of other different equipment, too, as long as it's understood and used properly. I think, honestly, it would be a great piece of equipment for any investigator out there in the field. Yeah, no, it's definitely good. Uh, I mean, the, the price is a little on, on the higher end side, for sure, just because of, uh, I think it's the only place I've ever seen it uh, is there. I haven't seen it literally anywhere else, so it doesn't really have any competition-wise. Yeah. Uh, for what it is, I mean, because thermal is like one of the hardest things in the paranormal field, equipment-wise, uh, to mess around with. Yeah. Just because there's so much uh, involved with uh, thermal in general mm. to to do it. So, yeah, it's it's it, it is it's price for that reason. But uh, it would be interesting to see uh, what other people have uh, came up with or thought about to to deal with the thermal imaging yeah. Yeah. Uh, issue to see if anyone else can come up with anything i would definitely be interested in in doing more uh expansion into into thermal yeah and we'll definitely post up the link to that particular piece of equipment on the group page and everything uh and we definitely recommend that you check it out it is it, i mean it's it, 159 isn't really that bad comparatively Compared. yeah comparatively to some of the other equipment out there like from the last episode there was a stark difference in price between the PMB music box versus Vortex's music box. I mean, they both do the same exact thing, just one does things better than the other, you know, and you're paying two radically different price points for them. And then you have the middle tier one as well that does the same thing as the highest one. You're just not paying for the wood and the metal and everything like that. Yep, so yeah, cause that's because, you know, it's got competition, so... yep just one of those things that that's the reason why price is the way it is so yep but uh yep no that's it's not bad it's definitely not in my top 10 obviously because we don't mm -hmm. use it very often yeah but it's not because it's a bad tool yeah it's just it's for me it's not one of my go-to's because i get results with other tools before that you know mm -hmm. but it is definitely one of those things that it, for me it's tricky to use 
yeah on a location to location basis well and and i'm just reading the description of that uh piece of equipment did you know that it has a range of 10 feet 10 feet and it's like a 120 degree view 160 something like that i just got out of it so now i don't remember but or is it a 90 degree view i don't remember between 90 and 160 which is a pretty wide range but between that so it sees anywhere between two to three meters of range let's see here 7.5 degrees difference in thermal temperatures that's what it detects i mean that's pretty pretty significant seven degrees yeah Let's see, so 10 feet maximum detection distance, 60 degrees of detection angle, so 60 physical degrees. So Uh, I was way off. uh, Well, I mean, you were 100 degrees off, but, I mean, you're you're close. Um, Plus or minus 4 degree temp accuracy, 8 by 8, 64 pixel sensor, uh, 6 to 7.5 degree optical axis gap, and 15 to 85% operating humidity humidity to avoid freezing or con- or con- condensating. I mean, 10 feet's pretty significant. Pretty much any uh, room you go into, you'll pretty much be able to get the entire length of the room. Yeah. You know, so it'll just be one of those things that you want to just place it away from a window, really, and you'd yeah. be able to get the entire room, no problem. Which is actually quite hilarious, because w- when you uh, first started talking about it, and you were talking about, like, the windows and doors and everything like that, they actually have it as a caution and warning on this piece of equipment. Things like air conditioning and windows can influence the sensor, so be aware of your environment in which you are using the IR sensor. The, the crosshair is not intended to be to be taken to places uh, or I'm sorry, it it is not intended to take the place of a thermal infrared camera, so like a floor or a seek or anything like that. Yeah, like an actual uh, structural mm-hmm. uh, where it can do the constant changing of the thermal without it being too much of an issue. Exactly. So I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Just don't point it at any windows, doors, or vents and you're good to go. And just stay out of extremely humidity or extremely cold environments and you're good to go. Right. And, you know, same with being outside. I mean, yeah. you're really not going to get uh, sound evidence when going outside. Yep. So it, it is very a limited thing for sure, which is tough. But, uh, I mean, it could be useful. Very much so. Anything else you want to add, David? No, I'm good with that. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Um, real quickly before we let you go, um, I know I got pretty heated on this episode, and I do apologize about that. But like David said, I'm a very silent person, and when I finally blow up, I finally blow up. And I feel ten times better actually voicing these things, even though it wasn't in front of a crowd or anything like that. But our listeners are going to be able to, to hear it and everything. Uh, the next episode that's going to be airing is going to be a lot better episode. It's going to be a very positive episode. We're actually going to be sitting down with two guests. What? I know. We're actually going to have two of them this time instead More of guests? One. I know. Are we going to have a record of guests this season than yep. compared to last season? Yep, we oh, are. Oh, shit. I hope people like guests because that's what's happening. Yep. Because honestly, you know, the reality is a lot of people don't like 
hearing the same two voices over and over again. So we kind of want to switch it up. So that's, that's why we've got more guests coming on the show this season than we did last season. And who knows? We might even have a third person permanently on the th- on the third season. And it might be a female. It might be another male. Who knows? It's hard to say. You know, I mean, we just want to get some variety you know. out there. <laughs> well, yeah. If, an, if yeah. anyone knows, it's you. Yeah. Yeah. But we just, we don't. I, I hope that we don't bore you guys, you know, that's why we wanted to add some more guests and kind of shake things up a little bit. You know, it's going to be, that's why second season where we kind of redid a lot of different things, you know, new intro, new format, new disclaimers, new warnings, you know, we just want to, I wouldn't say perfect it because you can't really perfect this unless you're Jim Harold. Outside of that, I mean, we're just trying our best. And so we want to be in informational and entertaining as possible, even though I kind of have a really dry humor and David kind of has a dry humor as well. So we're kind well, of dry- also, if you think you're listening to this and you're like, man, he sounds tired. It's because I am. Yeah. <laughs> last This episode and last episode are coming off of working uh, back-to-back 60-hour work weeks. So, so David's yeah. physically tired and I'm mentally tired because I spend eight to nine hours a day at a mentally tiring desk job, even though yeah. that doesn't compare to what David does, but he's yeah. physically tired and his brain runs constantly. I'm mentally tired and my body wants to run constantly, but not my brain. So, you know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta deal with that. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I would like to be more positive uh, lately, but uh, yeah. it's, it's been really hard cause uh, I'm really tired and yeah. hungry. Yeah. No, I understand that, dude. I understand that 100%. But yeah, the next episode, we're going to have two guests. Uh, basically, the uh, the guests are... We're just going to be talking about the guests, their uh, experiences, the projects, and everything like that. And for, uh, for our longtime listeners, um, we've talked about it a few times on previous episodes of these two particular individuals and a particular project we were working on we are still currently working on to be honest but we're in the editing phase of it but that i'm that's the only clue i'm gonna give you guys i'm gonna leave you guys with a cliffhanger for a couple weeks until that episode drops but definitely look forward to that episode i'm sure that that one's probably going to be a longer episode to be honest i think it's going to be closer to an hour and a half maybe two hours well let's be honest with you we're probably going to talk about a lot of random ass shit yeah, that's just that's just a given. Yeah, you know, because one of them, one of them is a is a squirrel mindset. Yeah, uh, I'll let I'll let you figure <laughs> out who who that is. Um, uh, yeah, but maybe we'll talk about important things about what we actually want to talk about, yeah. and it might be a freaking so long that we split it up into two episodes. Who knows? Yeah, or it'll be early because. You know, one of them doesn't want to talk to us anymore, which is also understandable. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But these two individuals that we're going to be interviewing at the same time, they're two wildly different age groups and two wildly different backgrounds. So it's going to be a very, very interesting show. But we thank you so much for tuning in to us, and you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye. You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast, BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. 
You can find all of our information at www.bearriverparanormal.com. We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Toss us a rating or a review. You can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you are interested in sponsoring us, or if you like your products featured on the show, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.